hello and welcome back to Earth Like Heaven. My name is Doug Ressler and joining me as always is Robbie Sherry and we are here to help you close the gap between heaven and earth in your life by learning to live like Jesus. Robbie, um, we have been of course talking about how the way of Jesus is better over the last couple of seasons than our ways in this world and that's the argument that we're making as Christians. Um, At the same time, we recognize that elicits pushback, objections, um, and some of those objections center around things like the problem of evil, the problem of suffering, the problem of injustice in our world. We've been talking about those things over the last several weeks and the last several episodes. And and really today, we're going to talk about um, the problem of chaos in our world, because we live in a chaotic world. And that chaos uh, manifests itself personally like in, our, in my life, in your life, mm-hmm. in, in, in each of our lives. Um, it manifests itself like in our relationships with one another, those that we love, um, those that we don't love, you know, <laughs> uh, right? That kind of thing. But it also sort of manifests itself globally. Again, I was thinking about it this week when, you know, you, you see things like a Category 5 hurricane hit Acapulco. Who, to my knowledge, um, I, think, I think I read this in some of the news reports, like Acapulco has literally never had a hurricane. Amazing. And this tropical storm goes from like zero to 60 almost overnight, catches everybody by surprise, and the devastation is just, it's astronomical. Or you think about um, the guy up in Maine this week who something snapped, and all of a sudden he is, um, he is going in and he is killing people at a very high rate. Um, several people lost their life, several people were injured, um, and then of course he took his own life. Mm-hmm. Um, and you think, how in the world does that happen? Or then you, th- you think about things like what, what's happening in the Middle East right now, sort of on a, on a, on a global scale. So right. how in the world is, you know, this is often something I've thought about is like, how does one get to a place where terrorism is like a rational option? Because there's a rationality behind every decision we make. We, right. Every single human being, when, they, when we choose to do things, we have what we think are rational reasons for mm-hmm. why we're doing them. So how in the world could you get to a place where it's a rational option to do what Hamas did, you know, mm-hmm. uh, by launching rockets and sending paragliders in to attack a music festival and defenseless people right. and these kinds of things and kidnap a bunch of people. And then, of course, now you see the response of Israel mm-hmm. as they move into Gaza and they seek the elimination of Hamas and, and those kinds of things. So complicated, so chaotic, so disordered, right? Um, and, uh, yeah. And so we just, you, ha- you have to kind of wrestle with this idea of like, what does all that say about our world and what is our God doing about it? Because one of the things that, one of the very first things we learn about God that he reveals about himself in the Bible in Genesis chapter one is that he is a God of order, right? He, that's the whole Holy spirit hovers over the waters of chaos at the beginning of time. Yeah. And what does God do? He brings order to that chaos. Mm-hmm. He, let there be light and let there be land and all these different things. Right. And so, um, yeah, just a, a kind of a, a first kind of impression or first response to that, Robbie. I mean, what what is your thought when you think about the chaos of our world and what God is doing to respond to that? How, where, do, where do you see that at work or what, how yeah. do you think about these things? Um, both, again, as you think about what's going on globally, as you think about what's going on here locally, in your own high school where you teach, right. you know, your neighborhood, whatever. Yeah, I think when you talk about chaos and especially when you start to speak on it, uh, speak about it on a global le- mm-hmm. level... Most people feel a little disconnected, and especially if you're in America here and you're thinking yep. about the Middle East or something, there's a there's a tendency to go, well, that's over there. Right, right. Or the Maine shooter. Um, people who don't live in Maine right. are going, well, something like that would never happen here. Right. And I think the first thing that I think about when you talk about living in this chaotic world is 
I have to start personally. It's like when you first, I don't know if you remember first hearing about cancer. I remember first hearing about mm-hmm. cancer and then this was a disease that affects other people mm-hmm. and really doesn't oh, impact you until someone you know That's right. has cancer and or you yourself have the right. bad day at the doctor. And That's now right. you can't believe anybody who doesn't take cancer seriously or something. So when I think of the chaos of the world, I think it helps for me to start with the chaos in my own life yeah, um, and, and, and roll it out from there. And, and what you said struck me, something that I, I realized years ago as I, you know, I teach five periods of, of English. I also teach Bible and history. Mm-hmm. Right. And most of the classes, I mean, throughout my career, I've had between 25 and 35 students in the room. And when you hear about, um, you know, someone like the main shooter right. or uh, a suicide bomber or years right. ago, the, the shooter in Las Vegas, all right. these things, it struck me years ago that that person sat in a ninth, ninth grade English yeah, class. Right. Yeah. And yeah. interesting. You know, when you ask your students, what do you want to, what do you want to do with your life? What do you want to do when you grow up? Right. I've never had a student raise his hand and say, I want to be a vehicle for evil or I want to cause chaos. I want to unleash upon. No one's ever said that. And yet all these people that do these things Mm -hmm. for the most part sat in a ninth grade English class being totally normal, you know, and, and so it's so easy for me to jump to pointing fingers Mm. pushing the chaos away from me and saying, well, that's, that's outside. That's, that's their problem. And I think the intellectual honesty requires us to look at ourselves and Mm. go, what is it that I'm responsible for that produces chaos? Even, even if I'm blind to it myself. Right. And so when you talk about how can somebody get to the point of rationalizing terrorism, I think, roll that question back. How can somebody get to the point of rationalizing rape? Right. Or how can somebody get to the point of rationalizing murder? I, I, and you've spent some time in pr- prison yep, ministry, right? right. right? Yeah. And I think... I, you were going to say I spent some time in prison. I, I, I should have I'm paused a little qua- bit longer. I'm glad you qualified <laughs> yeah, that and I prison should, ministry. I should have paused a yes, little longer. Yes, yeah, you lost but an opportunity there. Prisoners yeah. have this sense where they, they have to they have to reconcile their actions with their, hmm. with their person. Yeah. They have to. Right. Otherwise they're going to sit in prison the entire time and think of who else to blame. And that happens by the way. Um, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that, that is absolutely, uh, that is absolutely the case, but you're absolutely right. If they're going to find, um, restoration, mm-hmm. redemption, uh, doesn't mean that they'll necessarily ever get out of prison, but if they're going to find any kind of redemption through that experience, it's going to be, it always comes through acceptance mm-hmm. of what you've done, what that says about you, all of those kinds of things. I mean, that's, 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 that's restorative justice. Restorative justice is sort of right. at, a, at a very personal level is coming to grips with the fact that you you were responsible for the actions that you took. Mm-hmm. Even if you were under the influence, even if you, you made choices along the way that led to this particular thing taking place. And unless you're truly insane, which is very, very, a very small right. section of the population, m- most prisoners are rational actors mm-hmm. on some level who made choices that put them in particular situations out of which these other things 
you know, happened. These yeah. hor- hor- maybe horrible things happened, right? You know, that kind of thing. So I think nobody sets out to be a jerk. Yes, right, right. And I think it's, if I, if I you know, if I asked students, do you know any jerks? Mm-hmm. Go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah right. I, I know some jerks. Anyhow, how many of you are jerks? Right. And nobody in the room tends to, everybody knows someone who's a jerk, right. but nobody in the room is actually a jerk, they think. Right, right, right. They don't think that of themselves. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that, I think that premise, when God says to Adam, look, I've, I've made this garden, mm-hmm. this is yours, mm-hmm. and your job is to cultivate it. I mean, my understanding is a translation of that word is to, to tame that which is wild. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To bring it under, and when he says, "Be fruitful and multiply and cover the earth," like that's one of our primary responsibilities yep, as humankind right. is to bring order into. And I think of gardens; you left, you leave them untended, and weeds go everywhere. That's right, right. And I think the same thing's true in our lives. There's mm-hmm. a there's a requirement of activeness to mm-hmm. push back chaos. I don't think chaos goes away passively. Yep, but that requires effort. Mm-hmm. And that requires probably a little discomfort. Mm-hmm. And we're living in a world more and more that's so focused on self yeah. that if it doesn't seem to be something that we feel responsible for or impacted by, mm-hmm. then we, we tend to be dismissive mm. of the chaos. And we go, what? man, that's a shame. Yeah. But that's not me. Yeah. And it takes a bad day for us mm-hmm. to go, I'm a part of causing mm-hmm. chaos in my own life, which affects my family, which affects my community, which affects my country, which affects the world. That's exactly right. It's almost like the butterfly effect. Yeah. You know, I mean, when you think about it relationally, you know, the choices that I make impact those around me. And then that just sort of ripples out, you know, like, you know, you throw a stone in a pond and and the ripples go out to the very edges of the pond, right? It goes out to the very edges of the world on some level. And, um, you know, I remember in in college having a professor, uh, I was a history major and had a professor who... um, I took a class called the World War II era, and and this professor was amazing. And um, he challenged us one day. Still, I'll never forget this. So I was in class. He challenged us one day because we were studying Nazi Germany, of course. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's like, "Okay, so um, you know, we're looking at the final solution and the whole thing with the Holocaust, and and really doing a deep dive into all of that." And his his challenge to us was, "Was this just a German thing, or is this a human thing?" Right. You know, or do you think that all human beings are capable of this kind of evil or only particular human beings? Right. And I was shocked. Now, I had become a Christian mm-hmm. by this point. So my immediate reaction was, no, we're all capable of that because of sin. You know, I mean, that's my grid that I'm sort of running this through, right? Sure. But I was shocked at the number of people in the classroom who argued, no, it's a German thing. Well, just being born German because they're Because you... try, they're trying to push it away. Sure. It wasn't even so much a judgment on on being Germanic or something like right. that, you know, as much as it was, I don't, I can't think of myself in those terms, right? Sure. And so this, the old Solzhenitsyn quote, right? Alexander Solzhenitsyn talked about in Gulag Archipelago, he talked about how the dividing line between good and evil runs through every single human heart. Mm, yeah. Right? We're all capable of great evil. Sure. We are all capable of great good. And what puts us on one edge or to the other? What, what causes us to lean one direction or the other? Well, it's the conditions Mm-hmm. of one's life. And so, I mean, a lot of ink, of course, has been spilled on like the plight of, you know, the poor around the world and how certain radical elements take advantage of that 
to radicalize populations in order to turn them into things like suicide bombers, for instance, right, right. or terrorists, or those kinds of things. Like That's where it becomes rational, is you're taking human beings that are otherwise could be good, could be evil. Like you said, they're sitting in classrooms, they're sitting in schools, they're, they're doing life just like anybody does life around the world on some level. And yet, because of the conditions in which they live, they are susceptible potentially to being radicalized one direction or another. We see it happen in the United States. We see it happen all around the world. And that, of course, is part of what you're seeing in a place like Israel right. and in their conflict, which is now you know, over a hundred, you know, almost a hundred years old. And that's just in a formal sense, but even informally, it's (laughs) much, much longer than that. But I mean, but in the sense of like, that's what you're seeing happening is you're seeing this radicalization um, because of the conditions of the, of, of the world in which we live, the conditions, Mm -hmm. whether it's in Israel or it's in Gaza or it's in the West bank or all of these different areas and, and how certain, again, elements take advantage of those conditions to push people one direction or another and cause them to do things that they might not otherwise do. They're not going to sit in a ninth grade classroom right. and say, that's right. I want right. to be a terrorist. I was thinking or of the, whatever, right. The Donner party. Yeah. Right. Everybody learns about that in fifth grade or right. whatever with the people coming West and they get caught in the mountain pass there right. and cannibalize people in their party. That's like, right. You ask any of them. They offer pack a grill. That's a, literally the name of the, uh, of the student cafeteria up at CU. What is it? The Alfred Packer Grill. Really? Yeah. You didn't know that? I, well, no, I've never been to see you. Well, that's, that's so sad for you. That's why I still have yeah, good that's standing so with the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> no, so the Donner, you know, yeah, they're the classic. Right, they right, they totally. eat people in their party, and you're like, that. nobody in their right mind right. thinks that's okay. And they would say that's not okay. But they, it's... But the conditions were such. Right. I mean, I yeah. just find it interesting. Everybody yeah. takes vows at their wedding yeah. till death do them part. That's right. Right. Nobody goes in, until it's a year from now. And yeah, yeah <laughs> until right. I promise to love and have and hold you until it gets kind of right. challenging and then I'm out of here. That's right. So nobody, nobody enters marriage planning on mm-hmm. the divorce and yet it happens, like you say, circumstantially. So when we look at the chaos in the world, Mm-hmm. I think it has to start with us. Well, I think that's right. So, so the first, the first place that we are, like going back to Genesis one, like you said, we're, we're we're told the first command from Scripture, from the Lord to us in Scripture, and and is never revoked. By right. the way, is be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and exercise dominion over all I have made. Right. That's the first command. It's creation mandate. Right. Mm-hmm. And. Like you said, the first place that that has to start is you have to exercise dominion over yourself. Yeah. And you do that through the Holy Spirit because you can't do it without the Holy Spirit. Because without the Holy Spirit, you are, the Bible says, enslaved to sin. Yep. You're enslaved to these sinful desires. You are open to, to use the language that that we hear so often in the media, you're open to being radicalized Mm, one way or another, right? Right. You know, whatever that might look like for you, you're open to that, you're susceptible to that because you are at the enemy's mercy. Right. But if you come to faith in Jesus Christ, and this is where we're going back to like the way of Jesus is better, you actually can bring order to the chaos of your heart, which then in turn can bring order to the relationships that you live with and mm-hmm. among, whether it's your spouse or your kids or your parents or your family or whatever it might be, which in turn can lead to order being brought to your community that yeah. you live in, which in turn to your nation, to the world, right? right? I mean, so I was talking to some um, to some friends over email 
about um, what's going on in Gaza because they were missionaries in Gaza for several years. Right. They actually have friends there who are Palestinian Christians, mm-hmm. and they talked about how difficult it was because you're in a, an, an area that was run by Hamas, and yet they're trying to bring order to the chaos yeah. in Gaza. This is you know years ago, obviously way prior to what's going on now. And, and they're trying like crazy from a Christ-centered perspective to bring order to the chaos of the Gazans' lives that they were impacting so that they can push back against the evil of Hamas. Right. And that's just within, right, that little whatever, however small area, that landmass that is with two right. million people, right? And of course, so many, um, as we've heard in the news, so many Gazans are under the age of 18, like half of the two million Palestinians that live in Gaza are like under the age of 18. They're young people. Why? Yeah. Because their parents keep getting killed and mm-hmm. this continual conflict, right? Stuff like that, you know? So here, here my friends are trying to bring order because they have come to faith and God has brought some degree of order to their lives to their family, to the people that they know. Now they're in a place of incredible disorder, incredible chaos, trying to bring God's order. And they just talked about how challenging it was. It was super, super challenging. Yeah. But we've, we're, we're in a place now, I think, with, with chaos where it's... So when, when you talk about the, the, you know, when the Holy Spirit comes, mm-hmm. comes upon you and you yeah. decide the way of Jesus is better, right. the alternative is that the Holy Spirit has not come upon you. Right. And so there's this masquerade of the Holy Spirit. And right. so we have things like be a good person right. or just be a kind person. Right. And those two paths, although divergent, look similar for a while. Right. So be a good person and be a Christian look similar. That's right. But like what you, what you pointed out, you get to the point where for somebody, they feel like what they're doing is actually good because That's it's right. benefiting them. And there is no agreed upon justice, law. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so now it becomes, I'm doing what I think is good. That's right. Right. Like you say, so the terrorists in their mind somehow have convinced themselves either through schooling right. or parents or something that what they're doing is good, is actually a good thing. It's right. And they, yeah. they are convinced of that. And it's mm-hmm. so interesting to stand on the other side of the line and condemn them mm-hmm. without looking at our own lives and right. saying, so this last week I had a, a paper due and now with digital submissions, you can set a time. Right. So I set the time for the paper to be due and it was fascinating to see in a class, I had four students not submit the paper on time and okay. So there's going to be repercussions right. for that. Right. Mm-hmm. But one of the students challenged me and I thought it was such an interesting conversation because the, the challenge was, well, that's not fair. Mm-hmm. And I, so I just start rolling it out and saying, well, what's, what's not fair about it? The fact that there was a time, mm-hmm. I mean, you were notified in advance. Like, did you know the time? Yes, I did. Do you know how to submit the paper? Yes. Did you have two and a half weeks to write the paper? Yes. So your paper is late. Yeah, but it was only 10 minutes late. Okay. So one person said that it was my computer's fault. My computer, I went to submit it. And, my, I and got I'm this, still on dial-up. I spin it. <laughs> yeah. And you sit there and go, wow, that, that, is a, that is a bummer. You got the spinning wheel, the internet Death. connection, something, it didn't work. And then another student goes, yeah, I just forgot. And you sit there and go, one is, one is trying to take the blame and push it away from yep, him. That's right. And go, 
It's not my fault. Can't you see this? In essence, like I'm a good person. I'm a, and it's, it's beyond my control here. And the other person just said, yeah, I forgot. Like just owned it mm-hmm. right away. And I was so refreshed by the kid who just basically looked at me and went, yeah, yeah I, I, I understand there's probably going to be a punishment for the grade or whatever it is. But, yeah. and when I asked why it wasn't, well, it was, yeah, I just forgot. <laughs> and you sit there and go, if we had more people who could look yeah. at their lives yeah. and say, you know, why, yeah. why is there traffic? Well, because I feel like whatever I'm driving to is more important than you. So I'm going to weave in and out and cut you off and cause you to slow down. And I feel like I'm just better than you. And traffic, mm-hmm. I mean, conceptually, if everybody just drives at their pace, like traffic doesn't happen. But it happens because people think I need to get to where I'm going faster than where you need to get going. And yeah. so I'm going to use you yeah. as my frogger cars and get in between you yeah. and all that. Yeah. And, but that person will look in the mirror and stand in front of people and say, I'm a good person. Yeah they don't realize that in their effort to be good or to do what they think is acceptable, that they're an Actually, agent of chaos. I was going to say, they're, lit, they're, they're creating more and more chaos in right. the world. Whether they like it or not, we're often unaware of the ripple effect right. that we create. We're unaware of the wake that we are leaving behind us yeah. and how that's impacting those around us. And again, it, it could be small things. It could be big things. Um, you know, I mean, I think about... You know, I mean, again, I'm a history major, so I know some of this stuff just off the top of my head. But I, I was thinking of, you know, you know, you talk about, you know, get like where did like where does terrorism like even come from, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, on some level, like at least some one branch, right, comes from Saudi Arabia, and the Wahhabi sect of Islam, and you had the House of Saud, which rules Saudi Arabia. That's the monarchy over there. Made a deal with the Wahhabi sect. And that's how they actually came to power originally. That's how the whole nation was created. Huh. They made this sort of deal with the devil on some level, and they've been regretting it. Well, I mean, I guess on some level, maybe not regretting it. I don't know. I mean, like, like, but on some level, they made this deal, and now they can't get out of it. Right. And although it yielded power, wealth, whatever for them, look what it's done on the flip side, right? Chaos, right? Mm-hmm. All because of a decision that was made how many decades ago, you know, between these two entities that now continues to have a ripple effect in our world and, you know, creates all kinds of, again, yeah, creates all kinds of chaos. Or I think about, you know, um, the church leaders that I know, that they make certain decisions along the way. And it's, again, usually related to themselves, usually Mm -hmm. related to protecting themselves or guarding themselves or promoting themselves or whatever it might be. And because it's motivated by that desire to put self first, it creates chaos. Right. It creates chaos in their congregations. It creates chaos in their communities. It creates all kinds of stuff. And sometimes it's their inaction that creates chaos exactly. because you're leaving a vacuum. Mm-hmm. And, and into the vacuum comes, you know, entities or comes forces or comes, you know, what the Bible calls them, you know, principalities and powers on some level. Those things fill those voids, fill those vacuums. And those, they create chaos. So sometimes it can be our inaction or things that we are omitting right. out of life, like our, our unwillingness to maybe do the good that we know that we should, that creates a vacuum now for, for someone with nefarious purposes in mind right. to enter in. I mean, Jesus uses that example, right? You clean out the house. But if you don't fill it with anything, like the, the, demon, the de- demonic forces come back and they're like even stronger, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. they're even stronger than before because you have not actually filled yourself 
with anything. And again, that goes back to the way of Jesus, right? Like, so when we talk about the way of Jesus, we're not just talking about an ethical system that you try your best to follow. We're talking about um, allowing your heart and your life to be filled with the Holy Spirit and then to be able to do the things that God has called you to do. Right. You know, that that's really what we're talking about there. Yeah. And um, and so anyway, that that yeah. can be inconvenient. Right. Driving yeah. to church this morning, I, I was I was amazed at again how culture has changed a little bit. It snowed for yeah. those of you who don't right. know in Colorado. We got uh, several about, inches, yeah, yeah, six to eight inches, something like yeah. that. And on my way to church, there was a car that had spun off the right side of the road, uh-huh. um, yeah. and the flashers are on, uh-huh. and I'm. I'm driving on the other side of the freeway. I'm, right. I'm on the same, heading in the same direction. You're like the Levite. Yes, I'm the four four yeah. lanes You're over. Like Here we crossing go. Crossing on the other Thank side. Thank you. Yes. 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 Sorry, yes. I got to get to church. And I put them on my. I got to go serve. I got to go worship Jesus. I can't stop to help you. But that that person, I see the yeah. person on the phone. Yeah. And I have this moment of like, yeah, they'll be fine. Right. Right, like it, yeah. not not my problem. No, that's right. Yeah. Lord, I'm going yeah. to church. You're I'm prob- going to church. To you're serve probably you. happier with my decision to just pass by yeah. right now. Right, yeah. And I mean, a small scale example, but uh-huh. how many times it's you know it's the husband who says, "Oh, my wife will take care of that behavior in my kids. Yeah. That's that's not my problem. Not my problem. Right. Or my neighbor can deal with that. Mm-hmm. That's not my problem. Mm-hmm. Or I mean, I'm just thinking of like elections coming up and yeah, voting. That's and right. it's these things are inconvenient because they require an, like I said, an active effort on our part. Mm-hmm. And more and more, our world is telling us anything that requires active effort or sacrifice is, or sacrifice right, is yeah. is is bad because it's it's difficult. Um, it, it's inconvenient, mm-hmm. and you know what? You deserve you deserve to just sit on the couch and and be that's fed, right. and that's right. So anything that goes against that, it's just so easy to sit there in, in our armchairs and go, "The chaos of the world is not my problem." When yep. in reality, to look in the mirror and say, "I'm, I'm," if I'm not an agent of order, I am by definition creating the chaos. I'm contributing to the chaos in Mm -hmm. the world around me. I mean, I think that is really important because again, we're talking about the way of Jesus and we're contrasting that with the way of the world. And currently, at least in the West and in America, especially right. The way of the world is Mm self-indulgence, self-promotion. Nothing should get in the way of my self-gratification. Nothing. In fact, that is, that is an evil on some level, right? That I would, I would, I would, deny myself anything, mm-hmm. right? And, of course, that is the exact opposite right. of what Jesus says, right? Um, where Jesus says, no, the whole point is to deny yourself and pick up a cross and follow me. Like, that literally is the point. That's what I did for you. Right. I expect now you to do that for others, right? And so I think uh, it was G.K. Chesterton who had the, you know, the great quote about the Christian ideal, or the way of Jesus in that case, right? The Christian ideal has not been tried and found wanting. It's been found difficult and left untried, mm-hmm. right? And so you think about, okay, so if I just spin it out in my head, like if, if my life is ultimately about me and my self-gratification and my self-indulgence and my self-promotion and my self-protection and self, 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 like there is under no circumstances is that going to lead to healthy relationships, right. 
fulfillment in my in my in my job career success it's not going to lead to any of those things it's not going to lead to satisfaction it's not going to lead to a sense of fulfillment it just doesn't and everybody knows it mm-hmm. that's why we're all medicating on some level not all of us but there's that's right. why there's so many people on so much medication trying to numb themselves of the pain that on some level we ourselves are responsible for right that again and and again so then so then like I said, you take that personal sort of on a personal level and then you just sort of extrapolate it out to a macro level. It's like, well, yeah, it's no wonder Vladimir Putin invades Ukraine. Right. Because he thinks he can. He thinks he's creating... It's what he wants. Yeah. Order for it's, himself. It's he wants to recreate the... He's, he's come out and said it. He wants to recreate the Russian Empire, the mm-hmm. Soviet Union. He feels like that was the worst mistake ever was to break up the Soviet Union. And he's trying to like on some level recapture that. I, I, and again, I, <laughs> it's not to say that there isn't issues with, in, in Ukraine or, you know, whatever it might be, right? I mean, there, there, of course, there are issues because no one is pure. No one is innocent. Right. No, no one is immune from any of these things. All of us, like you said, are either contributing to the chaos of the world around us or we're trying to contribute order to the world around us. We're either an agent of one or an agent of the other or probably, if we're really honest, we're an agent of both all the time. Mm. The question is, which way do we lean, yeah. right? Which, on, on which side do we predominantly fall? And as Christians, hopefully we fall on the side of you know, being agents of order, uh, following God in our world, trying to be fruitful, multiply, exercise dominion in the way that God exercises dominion, which is to say, in a way that is selfless, in a way that is sacrificial, in a way that is um, generous, in a way that is life-giving, yeah. you know, and, and, and all of those things. And so as we wrap up this episode, we'll come back and, and put a pin in this. One of the things I'd like to talk about is, yeah, okay, so as we turn the page a little bit, here's, yeah, we've kind of, here is what chaos is, here is what order is. Now let's talk about how the way of Jesus informs how we as Christians bring order to the world. What are the things that we do? What are the practices that we engage in to help us bring order to our own lives, but also to help us bring order to the to the world around us? And we could talk about that for a little bit. Thanks as always to Jake and Billy, our guys behind the glass, making us sound good. Please keep listening as we dive deeper into what it means to follow Jesus in the weeks ahead. We'd love your comments as well as your reviews on whatever platform you choose to listen to your podcast. Subscribe to stay tuned as we release more episodes in the coming weeks. We'll talk to you next time.